We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. You're listening to the August 28th, 2017 College Football Show, a part of his radio podcast. I'm Kyle Pollock on Twitter at KylePollockFF, and joining me is my co-host, Jordan Hoover, on Twitter at uh, jhoover9787. Jordan, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, Kyle. Um, recording Sunday night. We had opening weekend of college football on Saturday. We had a little bit of preseason NFL today. Um, more injuries. I saw Jeremy Hill got hurt. Uh, Cam Meredith got hurt. So we're going to be updating projections as furiously as we can over the next couple of days, I'm sure, in advance of the final week of preseason. Um, but coming up this Saturday, we get into college football um, on a full scale with a full slate of games, uh, tons, of, tons of action to catch and uh, prospects to finally get to see them put uh, what they can do on tape for 2017 so it's a super exciting time for uh for nerds like us yeah we had a little tease this week with college football finally got some real life game action uh it was great i know we'll be going over those five games and like you said all those injuries have been happening across the nfl it's important for you to um, stay up to date on that uh projections are always changing on the site for us we, we've updated rankings at rotoviz and you're going to want to get to those um so you, you can uh Head it over to Rotoviz and get a Rotoviz NFL pass. You can get it right now for 30% off. The discounts for podcast listeners only. It's available through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. 
Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools, and it also supports all our pod. So you guys are going to want to get over there and get that with the season coming up. Um, it's a very exciting time to be a football fan. So right now we're going to hop right into it. We're going to start previewing some of these games, or recapping some of these games from this week, excuse me. Um, first up, we're going to have the first game of the year. Uh, Colorado State beat Oregon State 58-27. It was a real route. Uh, Colorado State opened up their new stadium uh, in, in great fashion. Oregon State was outscored 34-7 in the second half, and uh, a couple guys on Colorado State really impressed. Uh, Nick Stevens was 26 for 39 for 334 yards uh, with three touchdowns to just one interception, and star receiver Michael Gallup had 11 catches for 134 yards. Um, we both took Colorado State minus three and a half, so good start with that. Um, were you impressed with Gallup? I know you. we've talked about him before, and I know you're a big fan of him, so um, happy with how that went. Yeah, yeah. I was a little disappointed he didn't get in the end zone. Um, he had a really good opportunity for a touchdown, just missed. Uh, but 11 receptions, 134 yards, strong start. Looked to be in sync with Nick Stevens. Uh, that Rams offense looks pretty, pretty legit. So it's definitely a connection we're going to be watching for the rest of the season. And, um, yeah, we, we both liked Colorado State's offense. We, we uh, were proven right. So uh, take that whenever we can get it. Mm-hmm. And for Oregon State, um, even though it was a, kind of a disappointing game for them, uh, running back Ryan Nall, who – um, kind of underrated, both of us think. He had 15 carries for 115 yards and one touchdown. A uh, 75-yard touchdown run kind of brought up that average. But good to see him kind of continue his form from last year. He, he's been a, one of the better backs in the Pac-12, so a guy to watch. And uh, Jordan Villamine kind of uh, bouncing back a little bit for his season, also had seven catches for 77 yards. So um, if, if they can kind of put that offense together each week, they might be a little more competitive than people think with that defense really. I think it's going to be a little tough for them to stay in games with that defense. Yeah, it's a Pac-12's tough, so um, getting routed by Colorado State. You know, Colorado State has a good offense, but they're going to see a lot better offenses coming up once they get inside the conference. Um, so, yeah, it could be, could be tough for that side of the ball for the Beavers. Yeah, um, definitely. Next up, we have USF uh, beating San Jose State 42-22. to uh, they were actually down 16 nothing in the first quarter, but they ended up scoring six unanswered touchdowns. Um, Quinton Flowers, a little disappointing, 11 for 23, 212 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, and then he also had 70 rushing yards on 18 attempts and one touchdown. So a little bit uh, lower numbers than he put up last year. Uh, could just be rest, could be, you know, lost some Marlon Mack. Defense is keying in on him a little more, keying, on, keying in on the passing game. Um, but we both took uh, USF plus 20, so it was a push for us. But I was a little disappointed with how they looked. I, I know some people are saying they could be a, a dark horse uh, team to make one of the New Year's Six Bulls as as the one non-Power 5 team. I really don't think that's the case. Um, I think Flowers is going to have to have a tremendous year like he did last year for that to happen, and I just don't think he can put that up again. Um, one of the guys I want to mention was Darnell Solomon. He had a nice 40-plus uh, yard touchdown catch. And he was a big-time recruit a couple of years ago, so just uh, someone to keep an eye on. But other than that, um, I don't know if you had any thoughts on this game, but I didn't. I didn't manage to catch any of it. But yeah, I didn't get to watch any of it either. Just the highlights. Um, Flowers, like you said, his stat line was a little bit uninspiring. But they get Stony Brook next week, so um, I would anticipate um, an uptick in statistical production for Flowers. Uh, 
So, you know, he's still a guy that I that I like. We talked about it last week. Um, I made the comparison between him and Lamar Jackson as far as um, statistical production uh, from last season. So I'm still pretty high on Flowers. I think he's really dynamic. Uh, like you said, it could just be Rust without Marlon Mack adjusting to a new style of offense um, without their star running back. So I'm still pretty high on Flowers, uh, and we should see hopefully a better game next week. Mm-hmm. Over in Australia, Stanford beat Rice 62-7. to um, I was kind of surprised by this. I don't know. Um, I know we, we both took Rice plus 31, so that didn't work out. We've, we've hit everything so far. We're 1-1-1, one, one, and one. but um, what did you think of this game? I was pretty surprised Stanford managed to put up 62 points. Yeah, I think we both were, were you know, definitely assumed that Stanford would beat Rice, which, you know, Captain Obvious there, but I don't I, I did not see a 62-point outburst coming from Stanford. Um, Rice brought back a ton of guys from last year, given the talent level is not as high, but they had experience on both sides of the ball, um, and Stanford just looked really good. Uh, we talked a lot about Bryce Love. He did not disappoint 180 yards rushing and a touchdown on just 13 carries. But um, what I was what I was kind of surprised about, uh, pleasantly surprised, was Cameron Scarlett, the sophomore running back, um, who they who is the bigger body guy. I think he's 220 pounds. He scored three rushing touchdowns. And if this is any indication, it looks like they're going to use both uh, in complementary roles to kind of replace what they had with McCaffrey. So I know we both thought Love was going to see a pretty big workload. And, you know, it could just be it was Rice. It could be they were up by so many points that it didn't matter. But this situation is one I'm going to be watching pretty closely to see if they keep Scarlett involved, use him on the goal line to uh, vulture touchdowns away. And Colby Parkinson, um, freshman tight end, He's my tight end one for class of 2020. It's pretty far out, but he was really highly regarded coming out of high school, caught two touchdowns, and uh, that was a good sign. He only he went th- uh, three receptions, 40 yards, but two went for scores. So, yeah, this offense looks promising. Um, moving forward, we'll see whenever they step up in level of competition. But, uh, yeah, they, they looked really impressive. Yeah, I know a couple people are picking them to win the Pac-12, and that's a very encouraging sign if you want to do that. Um, I like what Love brought to the table. Hopefully he gets a little more work. I mean, Scarlett only had eight carries. He had 13, so as the year goes along, if he keeps you know averaging well over 10 yards per carry, obviously I don't think that'll happen, but if he keeps showing that explosiveness, I think he'll kind of win out in that role. And Parkinson putting up two touchdowns uh, as a true freshman in his first game, uh, with that weird travel, I, th- I think that's very encouraging for his future, and it's a nice, uh, finally a nice other weapon for that passing game to have because it, like we talked about, it's been pretty anemic the past couple of years. Um, and then the last game we got from this week was Hawaii UMass, and this was probably the best game of the week. It's thirty uh, Hawaii won 38-34. Hawaii scored a touchdown with about 40 seconds left to take the lead. Uh, UMass had the ball on their own 40, but through a swing pass for some reason as the clock was running out and uh, wasn't really able to get anything else going. Um, but Adam Bredeman went off for uh, seven catches for 179 yards. We talked about him last week. Uh, intriguing tight end prospect. He was probably the top returning tight end in the country in terms of production at least. Um, if he can stay healthy and put up another year like that, we both think he's going to be a pretty solid tight end in the NFL. And one guy who I've never heard of, um, actually John Yersua, 
he went off for Hawaii. He had 12 catches for 272 yards and one touchdown. Uh, after looking into him, he's 5'10", 165 pounds. I mean, if he keeps up the production, I think maybe he could be someone down the line if he puts on weight. That could be a sleeper, but for right now, I'm kind of just treating this game as an outlier for him. Yeah, agreed. I went to um, College Football uh, Sports References website to check and see on 250-plus receiving our games, and since 2000, um, there have been 59 uh, receivers who have topped 250 yards in a single game. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty that's pretty impressive, given just like that one-off kind of thing. Um, but I'm with you. I think he's, uh, you know, someone to monitor, I guess, but I'm not super excited. Um, we both took, I think we both took UMass uh, at, a, at a pick. We did. Yeah, so this one was kind of crushing because it dropped us down below 500 for the week. But uh, it was it was the best game of the week. Um, so, yeah. And, and I echo your thoughts on Brenneman, too. It was, it's encouraging to see him start off strong pick up where he left off and yeah we're both pretty high on him i think yeah someone definitely a name for people to remember um and i think everyone here before we get into the um previews for this week everyone here is a fantasy football fan so you're going to want to listen up to this Uh, if you love fantasy football you need to try my new favorite app draft here's how it works you do a draft that lasts for just one week and there's no management just set it up and forget it once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. It start Drafts start every couple minutes, and you can join right now. And the best part is that you just play for cold, hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. No salary caps. Play in a real live snake draft, just like you play with your friends in season long. Come and join me on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in the App Store and join a game in minutes. Or play right from your computer on PlayDraft.com, whatever you're feeling. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into draft when you make your first deposit. But, but you have to use my promo code R- RVRADIO. That's right, play a real money game for free just for using my promo code RVRADIO on your first deposit on draft. Just search draft in the app store or go to playdraft.com and come pl- and come play free with promo code RVRADIO. And if you're going to want to if you're going to want to bet on any of the college football games this week, you can head over to my bookie. My bookie has been in the business for years, and their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so off the bat, you're making money just for doing nothing. And they have the fa- fastest payouts. Seriously, they pay out in just two business days. You guys always know who's going to win, right? I mean, Jordan and I are picking games every week. We're confident in who's going to win. So you could lay down cash today and win pretty big. Um, you, you need to go there now. They pay so quickly, and they're, they're so reputable. They're one of the best in the business. So if you go and join at MyBookie now, they'll match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus. If you use the promo code RODOCFB, um, you can use that to activate and you'll get that 100% bonus. Uh, if you visit MyBookie.ag today, that's where you'll get that bonus. You play, you win, and you get paid. It's that simple. So head over to MyBookie. Uh, you can take Jordan's advice if you want. We're not going to recommend that you do that. We're not <laughs> professional handicappers or anything close to that, but we'll be we'll be giving you our picks for this week, and if you want to test them out, uh, head over to MyBookie, and you can you can try that out. Yeah, don't let our uh, don't let our slightly below average record for the first week uh, discourage you from taking advantage of these great opportunities that Kyle just read. Um, you know, hundred dollar or hundred percent deposits, uh, free stuff. Everyone loves free stuff. So, moving ahead, uh, if you're gonna take advantage of our picks, your picks, someone else's picks, uh, definitely go the route the Kyle just laid out, my bookie, um, 
and also get a hold of draft as well. Mm-hmm. And the first game we're going to preview this weekend um, is definitely the biggest game of the weekend, probably going to be one of the biggest of the year. Uh, that's Alabama versus Florida. Alabama's favored by seven, the game's in Atlanta, but there's a lot of intriguing storylines with this matchup. It's two of the top teams in the country, two of the teams that we've focused on a lot so far this year. Um, one thing that uh, I know you were saying you want to see, you want to see how DeAndre Francois does, right? Yeah. Um, he's someone that I think most people are pretty high on coming off a really strong season last year. Uh, we've talked a lot about the relative lack of experience at wide receiver for Florida State. We, I think we both really like Auden Tate. We've talked about George Campbell, um, Devontae Phillips' suspension. So there's been a lot of moving parts there. But Alabama, uh, their secondary is easily one of the best in the country, as usual. Um, probably, you know, depending on who you talk to, probably second only to Florida State's secondary. Uh, but... It's going to be a really, really tough test for Francois, first game of the season, breaking in new receivers. Um, so the matchup there is definitely one that I'm going to be watching. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I'd go to, I think Alabama has a better secondary than Florida State. I know they, um, Florida State has Derwin James and McFadden, but I think uh, Bama just has that depth. They keep pumping guys out. Um, so that'll be something I'm interested to see. I don't totally trust Florida State's offense in this game, like, really at all. I'm not, I think they're going to struggle to put up points. I like Francois, but that line is really, really bad, and he, he could end up getting killed pretty badly back there this game. Like you said, the, the receivers uh, lack a lot of experience, even the tight ends. Um, a couple intriguing guys in the tight end position for Florida State, but they haven't done it yet. Um, young backfield with Cam Akers probably stepping in. Jaquez Patrick, like we mentioned a couple shows ago, was named the starter, but he's never started before. I like him, but I don't think he can kind of penetrate that Bama front seven, even though we're replacing five starters. Um, on the flip side, Bama's offense um, is going to go up against a defense that's very talented in its own right. That defensive line for Florida is pretty tough with Josh Sweat on there. Um, and like you said, you think probably Florida State has the best secondary in the country. Derwin James, who some are saying is a Heisman sleeper on defense. Uh, McFadden at corner. I think Bama's offense is basically going to be able to just produce more. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, but I, I think Bama's going to pull away um, late. Uh, I'm going to take Bama minus 7. I'm going to disagree with you. Um, I'm going to go Florida State plus 7. Um, there's there's so much talent in this game, especially in the secondary for both teams. I agree with you. I think it is going to be low-scoring. Um, it's hard to pick against Alabama. You know, it's almost like a mental block at this point just because of how good they've been. But I think that Florida State is really talented, and although Bama recruits, you know, four and five stars at every position on defense every single year, there is turnover there from last year. They lost a ton. Um, and, I'm a, you know, I, I think that Florida State's offense could do better than some people are expecting. Um, and... Because the spread is seven, it's it's been moving towards Alabama. I think it started off at five and a half. It's been moving uh, towards Bama. And if it goes any higher than seven, I'm definitely all in on Florida State, but I'm still going to stick with the Seminoles uh, plus seven. I'd agree. If it moves down to probably under, under seven and a half, I would probably take Florida State in that game too. It's just you know, too big of a line for uh, you know, two top two or three teams, depending who you talk to, going up against each other. Um, but if it stays at seven, I like Bama. 
Uh, the next neutral site game we're going to be previewing is Michigan versus Florida. Uh, this game's actually in Arlington. Kind of a, an odd game, I think. I don't think it's going to be a pretty game to watch by any means. Florida probably lost their best offensive weapon in Antonio Callaway since he's suspended. Um, it, ha it hasn't been a great offense to start with, and losing that, that big play threat that Callaway brings uh, really hurts the offense, and it hurts their special teams a lot too, which is probably going to be, I think that's where they'll feel it more, because they have a, a pretty talented receiving core. I, I'm looking for Tyree Cleveland to step up in this game. I think this could be his coming out party against uh, what a lot of people think are this pretty good Michigan defense. I think you know Michigan's a little overrated. They just lost so much last year, um, but we don't even know who's going to be starting for Florida yet. So if are they going to be able to take advantage of that um, that that weapon that that Tyree Cleveland brings? He's got great speed, great leaping ability. He's just a tremendous athlete. I don't know if they're going to be able to take advantage of that with their quarterback play. Um, on the flip side. Michigan's breaking in a lot of guys on defense, on offense as well. Like Florida, quarterback play hasn't been great. Wilton Spate was not good at all last year. Um, Brandon Peters is, is an intriguing guy, but uh, if it's his first start against uh, a Florida defense that's pretty talented, Albright uh, also has some suspensions in there. It could be rough for him. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of torn on this game. I, I'm not really sure uh, who to lean. I'd probably take Florida plus three and a half, but I don't think it's going to be pretty. It's not really going to be a game I, I want to watch a lot of, but I probably will because of guys like, uh, like I said, Tyree Cleveland for Florida. Um, I want to see how Jordan Scarlett, who is a guy I like, uh, does against uh, you know a defensive line that boasts Rashawn Gary, who's uh, only a true sophomore, but is likely going to be one of the best defensive linemen in the country this year. Um, and Michigan's two true freshmen at wide receiver in Donovan Peoples-Jones and Tariq Black. I want to see how they do against that Florida secondary. Yeah, the the two things that I'm going to be watching, one is good and one could potentially be really bad, is, uh, like you said, Donovan Peoples-Jones and Tariq Black against a pretty green uh, pair of corners for Florida. They they lost Jalen Tabor and... Uh, Quincy guy? Wilson. Yeah, Quincy Wilson, both second round draft picks. So that's a pretty big that's a pretty big hole on the the backside of the defense and we both, you know, we both love Peoples Jones and Black. Um, it's just a matter of getting the ball to them and I don't know if this is actually what's going to happen or not, but there's been rumors that Jim McElwain is thinking about rotating quarterbacks, um, which he kind of did last year out of necessity, but talking about uh, Zaire, Philippe Franks, um, you know, maybe Luke Del Rio for some reason. I don't know, but he, Please this, so. yeah, I, <laughs> I hope that's I not the way it that. goes, <laughs> but you know, it, this game, there's just so much unknown it, from the quarterback position to the turnover. Um, it's a tough one, man. I, I think I'm going to hold my nose and I'm going to take the Gators plus three and a half. I don't feel great about it just because I don't have a good read, but um, there's definitely some youth that we're going to get a chance to see. It's just a matter of if there's going to be competent quarterback play to get them the ball to give them an opportunity. Yeah, I will say I think Michigan, if they were ranked 10 in the AP poll, and I think they're probably the most overrated team in that AP poll, I would think. I mean, I think Florida's right up there with them. They're both just so new. Um I, I really don't really know what to expect from either of these two teams this year, and it's going to be interesting uh, seeing that uncertainty kind of go up against each other in the first game.
Um, next up, we are, this game is actually probably going to be the first game to happen this week that we talk about. It's on Thursday night. Um, Ohio State is going to play Indiana. Kind of a, a revenge game for new uh, offensive coordinator for Ohio State, Kevin Wilson, as he goes to the school that fired him just last year. Um, excuse me. Indiana doesn't have a ton of talent. One guy we both touched on is wide receiver Nick Westbrook for them. Ohio State obviously lost a lot in their secondary. Uh, Malik Hooker, Marshawn Lattimore, Gary and Conley all gone to the NFL. All tremendous players. Um, I want to see how they, he does against uh, kind of a new secondary, but also one that boasts a ton of talent, similar to a team like Alabama. Um, it's, a, it's a young secondary with a lot of talent, so if Westbrook can kind of take advantage of that uh, youth, I think it'll give Indiana a chance. Um, Kevin Wilson's known to be one of the best offensive minds in college football, and I think that should bode pretty well for the Buckeyes this year. JT Barrett was was pretty good last year, but he struggled at times. If he can kind of find uh, hit that that great level that he's ca- obviously capable of playing at that we saw his freshman year, if he can hit that consistently with Wilson calling the plays, um, I, I think that'll bode well for them this year. And in this game, um, Indiana doesn't have great defense. They were 70th in uh, defensive SP plus last year, so um, the the offense should be humming pretty nicely for Ohio State. Um, with losing a lot of receiver, they'll probably be pretty run-heavy, and they'll be splitting carries uh, between a, a bevy of backs in that backfield. Um, Mike Weber returns, had over 1,000 yards last year. Uh, true freshman J.K. Dobbins comes in. Some are expecting him to take over Curtis Samuel's H-back role, and Demario McCall is also fighting for that time with him. And then Antonio Williams is a guy I really like. I think he might be the most talented back in the backfield, just like a, as a pure running back. Obviously, Dobbins and McCall also offer some receiving value. Um, I'm looking for Williams and Dobbins to get a lot of touches because those are the, my two favorite guys in the backfield. So um, that's what I want to look for. I want to see how that run game shakes out and, and see who Ohio State trots out at wide receiver because they have a ton of guys that I like too, like Austin Mack, uh, Benjamin Victor, Paris Campbell. So I want to see kind of how this this rotation shakes out for them because obviously they have a lot of talented players, but it's just how are they going to get all those guys' touches. Yeah, uh, you hit on a ton of points. I'm I'm really high on Nick Westbrook. We we talked about him in the Big Ten pod, and we also talked about Simi Cobbs, who is I haven't actually searched to be sure, but uh, I'm pretty sure that he's not playing. Have you seen anything? I know he got uh, last I've heard he's not playing. I haven't seen anything. That yeah, indicates that he is playing. So okay, yeah, I'm I'm pretty high on Nick Westbrook. Um, for 2018, and like you said, Ohio State lost three first-round draft picks out of the secondary, which is just insane. Um, they reload a lot like Alabama, but there is inexperience there. So um, I'm looking um, looking for Westbrook to hopefully do some things. The problem with that is Ohio State's defensive line is scary good, and uh, Indiana's offensive line is not. So I'm a little bit worried about Richard uh, Lego having time to throw the ball to get it to Westbrook, but assuming he gets targets, I think he will do pretty well with them. Um, Ohio State's offensive line returns four starters. They're one of the best units in the country, so I agree with you. I think whoever out of those four gets the most touches should have a pretty good chance of success. Um it's, it's those interior lines for Ohio State and the advantage they have over Indiana. Even though Indiana's getting 21, I'm still going to take the Buckeyes minus 21 here. Uh, it's, a, 
it's a road game, first game of the year. But JT Barrett, the experience there, the interior lines, I think they'll kind of just overwhelm Indiana uh, rolling at the end. I agree. Uh, I'm still going to take Ohio State minus 21. I, c- I can see them winning this game by 30 or 40 plus even. Um, they're one of the best teams in the country, and Indiana is one of the worst teams in the Big Ten, so it should be pretty easy for them. Um, one other point I wanted to mention quick, um, backup quarterback for Ohio State uh, broke his hand this week. Uh, Joe Burrow, sorry, I forgot his name there for a sec. Um, so Dwayne Haskins is going to be the backup for JT Barrett this game, and since it's the first week they're playing Indiana, I'm sure he's going to get some run. And Urban Meyer has called him the the most talented or the best, I'm paraphrasing, um, quarterback he's ever recruited, and obviously he's coached guys like Tim Tebow, JT Barrett, Cardell Jones. Um, he's a guy I love uh, in that recruiting class last year. He was my top quarterback. I'm hoping he gets some work. Um, I'm finally going to say it publicly. I wouldn't be shocked if he overtook Barrett at some point this year. If, Whoa. Uh, Barrett, if Barrett struggled like he did at some point last year, if he had a stretch or two really struggling um, and Haskins has been impressing like he supposedly has been, I wouldn't be surprised if not completely overtook him per se, but you know maybe they, they start him for a game and kind of bring in JT later to kind of just give JT a sense of like urgency. Uh, it wouldn't shock me. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but that's something, you know, Haskins is a guy I like that much that I think he could kind of take over for a team like Ohio State. So I'm officially sounding the hot take alarm there. Uh, <laughs> I'm, not a, um, I'm not a big hot take guy, but that's like, uh, I really, really believe in Haskins and I'm not a big JT Barrett guy. So okay. kind, of, kind of a perfect storm with that. I respect that, man. You know, you might be able to find might be able to find a prop bet on my bookie somewhere. Uh, you know, I'm sure that would pay out pretty big because you sounded pretty <laughs> surprised when I said that. So, if, uh, uh, you know, if you, I threw five on that on my bookie, I'm sure it'd be a great return on investment. So there you go, listeners. Uh, hot tip right there. <laughs> yes, if you're looking for an interesting bet, um, Dwayne Haskins overtaking JT Barrett. There you go. Um, and we're gonna preview. BYU and LSU up next. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. All right, BYU and LSU. Um, the game is technically in Houston. It will not be played in Houston uh, due to all the unforeseen circumstances down there. Uh, keep keep everyone in your prayers for what's going on down in Houston. Uh, some of the pictures down there were pretty crazy. I don't know if you saw the one with the... Uh, the stoplight almost completely underwater. I saw that on Twitter today. It was about 17 feet of water in the street. So, yeah, that's the game. The game's not going to be played in Houston. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Ca- I, I can't imagine. I don't know if they'll move it. I, I don't know if they'll just make it a 
Well, I, Louisiana has been affected by the weather too, so I don't know exactly what they're going to do with this. But um, yeah, I saw three sites were listed, and they were Dallas, Baton Rouge, and New Orleans. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, but they're not totally sure yet. They kind of got to figure that out. To be determined. Yeah. Um, but BYU uh, didn't look great against Portland State this week. That was one game we didn't touch on, but they, they won just 20-6. to They're losing for a brief period. Uh, Tanner Magnum struggled a little bit. Um, someone who impressed me in for the limited time he played uh, during his freshman year. Sat out last year when Taysom Hill came back healthy. Um, but an older guy, I believe he's already 24, he was uh, in the Elite 11 Finals with Jameis Winston, which I mentioned last week. Uh, obviously a talented guy, but older and, you know, inconsistent, hasn't had a lot of production at this point. So if he was a bit younger, I'd understand it, but um, I've kind of been moving him down my, my quarterback big board progressively over the course of the offseason. Um, one one thing that I really want to watch in this game, uh, I don't think BYU is, is going to put up much of a fight, but... Uh, you, you touched on it in your article, how Matt Canada has improved uh, so many offenses. Uh, you wrote that a couple weeks back about off, like offensive coordinator changes. It was a good read. Um, you should definitely check that out. But he helped hit so much last year. I think he can help um, LSU a lot. If he was able to um, do that, uh, excuse me, turn... Um, oh, I'm blanking on his name. He got tra- Nathan, Nathan, Nathan Peterman. Peterman. Yeah. If he was able to turn Nathan Peterman into an NFL uh, caliber quarterback, I think he'll be able to be okay with Danny Etling. I'm not saying Danny Etling is going to put up good numbers. I'm saying they're going to lean on Darius Geis enough where the defense will put eight in the box and Etling will be able to have single coverage on all his receivers and just hit the open guy. Um, so I think LSU is a team that their offense will finally be a little improved this year. Maybe that passing game won't be as bad as it's been in the past with all those talented receivers down there, and obviously one of, if not, you know, a lot of people think he is the best running back in the country in Darius guys. So um, BYU, BYU uh, plus 13, I don't think that hits. I'm going to take LSU minus 13. Yeah, I'm also going to go with LSU minus 13 here. Um, I'm a pretty big believer in Matt Canada. Uh, I don't know if it's because I caught a lot of pick games last year, but uh, what he did with that offensive group was just – incredibly impressive um his play calling his scheming um it, it just showed with with that team i mean Pitt, Pitt was talented but lsu takes that talent to another level and i'm kind of anticipating a similar jump um this is best case scenario for danny etling who you know is is not an nfl prospect uh in my opinion um probably in not many people's opinions um but i I agree with you. I'm going to go LSU minus 13. BYU just did not look good against Portland State. We picked that game last week, and there was no line, and we both kind of just laughed it off. We were like, oh, yeah, BYU, and move on. But that was kind of a weird game. Uh, I didn't expect it to be that close. Uh, So I'm a little bit concerned about BYU here. Neutral site, LSU is clearly the more talented team on both sides of the ball. And with Matt Canada coming in, this one kind of feels like it could get ugly. Um, it opened the line opened at LSU minus eight, so if you got that, uh, congratulations. Um, it's moved substantially now to thirteen. So I think BYU's performance obviously played a big part in that. So yeah, I still think at thirteen LSU's the 
the better the better pick here. We should see Darius Geis get a heavy workload. Pretty excited for that. He's obviously uh, one of the best running backs in the country. Yeah, especially if the game ends up being moved to Baton Rouge. It's a home game for them. BYU's traveling, you know, pretty far for that. Right. I, I think it'll probably end up getting out of hand pretty quickly. Next game down south, uh, one matchup that I'm actually kind of excited to watch for is North Carolina State versus South Carolina. Um, I'm a huge fan of South Carolina this year. I think they could potentially win the East. Um, they have a ton of talent at wide receiver with Debo Samuel and Brian Edwards, um, two guys that I absolutely love. Jake Bentley is another quarterback who we've talked about. Um, I think, you know, with Bentley there, uh, Samuel, Brian Edwards, um, uh, I'm blanking on the tight end's name. It's uh, Hay- Hayden Hurst. Hayden, Hayden Hurst. Yeah, he's Hayden a little Hurst, older, yeah. but he's he's been pretty good. So a lot of weapons for him. Solid run game, too. Um, I, I think they'll probably have the best offense in the SEC East. The defense is what's concerning, but um, I don't think NC State has the best offense in the world. They have some talent with Calvin Harmon back uh, at receiver. When Jalen Samuels had an intriguing, you know, H-back, uh, you know, plays H-back tight end, little running back even. So, um I'm going to take South Carolina. They're a team I really like this year. They're kind of my team. That's who I'm kind of picking to come out of nowhere and um, surprise this year. So I really like them. Uh, South Carolina plus six is going to be my pick. Um, The game's in Charlotte, so it's kind of close for NC State. And I know some people like NC State a lot. Uh, I saw one guy pick them for the playoff, which I don't think... um, That's that's a hot take for you. Yeah, talk about hot take. for the playoff. (laughs) Talk about um, hot take alert. Yeah, but I... um, I just don't don't see the hype. I know they have a, a really good defense. They have a defensive lineman, um, Chubb, who, who Bradley Chubb, who's getting uh, some first round hype. So as long as South Carolina's O line can hold up and the defense can get a couple stops, I think they'll be okay. And uh, I'm going to take South Carolina plus six, like I said. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm also going to take South Carolina plus six here. Uh, I really like NC State. Um, I think they have pieces on offense, and I think that their defensive line is one of is it's one of the best in the ACC, and quietly one of the best in the country. I think um, so. I think that they can be disruptive on the South Carolina offensive line, and potentially um, potentially make life difficult for Jake Bentley at times. But uh, you know, you outlined the the wide receiver talent on display here. We, we both like Kelvin Harmon, little Julio, as he's called, um, and Debo Samuel and Brian Edwards on South Carolina. So that's probably the main thing I'm going to be watching for that. And the NC state defensive line, um, like you said, a game, another neutral site game in Charlotte. Um, I, I like NC state. I think they're going to make a pretty substantial improvement this year in a tough ACC, but uh, I think South Carolina does take this um, by more than a touchdown, so I'm going to go South Carolina plus six as well. Yep, and the last game we're going to be doing a preview for is uh, Monday night, West Virginia versus, or Sunday night, excuse me, West Virginia versus Virginia Tech. Um, Virginia Tech is favored by four and a half. Um, I, 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 this is a game I'm going to want to watch a lot of. Will Greer's finally taken over at, as uh, West Virginia's quarterback. He transferred there uh, after... You know, kind of having a weird falling out at Florida, and he's a guy that I, I like a lot. Um, I, I think um, obviously since he he's only played in six games, he's someone that doesn't have a ton of hype. But I think he could end up being one of the better quarterbacks in this class. Someone that 
I, I'm, I'm going to say will get drafted. Uh, I can see him being more like a second, third round guy than a first round guy, but definitely a prospect that I like a lot. Um, Justin Crawford's back at running back, and it, I'll be interested to see um, just how much work he can handle. He's been really impressive um, for me in some games. He had over 200 yards against Oklahoma last year. I mean, they lost that game pretty, pretty handily, but he's a guy, um, someone else that can get drafted, maybe late, uh, late round guy or a uh, UDFA that I think, you know, will stick around on the team for a couple years. What uh, was a really highly touted Juco back. Um, so I like that offense a lot. The defense is a little concerning, and uh, the wide receiver depth is also really concerning. They have almost nothing back. And uh, Jovan Durante just transferred to FAU, like we touched on last week. So that's my main concern. I mean, West Virginia, Dana, Dana Holgers, and their offense, you can kind of plug them in and play right there. But um, West Virginia is, uh, I, I like them a little more than Vatek in this game. I'm going to take West Virginia uh, plus four and a half, just because Virginia Tech, uh, they have that defense, but I, I don't trust the offense. Um, I like Josh Jackson. I took him in one really, really deep Debbie league, um, but I don't think he can really come in right away and replace Gerard Evans, playing a, a, you know, kind of a tough opening week game for, for that young of a quarterback who's never started before to just come right in and play. Um, West Virginia only brings back three starters, but for right now, I think uh, Jackson will develop over the course of the season, but I don't think he can step up. Um, and that, that offense, they lost Isaiah Ford, Bucky Hodges, so I, I don't think the offense is going to be putting up many points. Yeah, this is another pretty intriguing game from a from a real football perspective for a lot of the reasons why you outlined. West Virginia just lost a ton from last year. Like you said, they bring they only bring back three starters on defense, which is concerning. Um, and, you know, new starting quarterback for Virginia Tech. We talked a lot about Gerard Evans' early departure in the uh, ACC preview pod. Um question mark there I think they're going to lean on the run game and I like Virginia Tech's defense the best out of anything in this game so uh, another neutral site game I think this one's in Landover Maryland um, if it was in if it was if it was in Blacksburg I'd easily take Virginia Tech minus four and a half I'm still going to take Virginia Tech minus four and a half um, until I see you know this West Virginia defense I'm, I'm just super concerned I have a soft spot for WVU. I'm kind of from that area. I had a ton of friends from high school go to WVU. Spent a lot of time in Morgantown. Some crazy nights there. Um, but I, I got to go VT here, minus four and a half. All right. So we finally differ on a couple games. We don't differ a lot, but um, it, it, it's good when we do because we shouldn't agree on everything. For sure. Uh, so that'll do it for all our previews. Um, we're going to do one upset peak excuse me, one upset pick a week from here on out. We're not going to preview the games per se, but um, we're just going to pick one game each week that we think uh, kind of a, a decent size upset, um, you know, as long as the underdog wins. Um, so I was kind of split between two games. Um, the first one was Wyoming and Iowa. Um, Iowa's favored by 12.5. It's at Iowa. I know they have Josh Allen, but the rest of Wyoming doesn't have a lot of talent. So, I, I you know, I want to pull the trigger on Josh Allen, pulling the upset um, at Iowa, but I think it's just going to be a little too much for him to overcome uh, because of the rest of that team. So the one I'm going to go with is um, Middle Tennessee State plus 3.5 against Vanderbilt. Um, Obviously Vanderbilt's not a top-tier SEC team, but they are an SEC team playing at home. 
Um, it is in Tennessee. They, excuse me, Vanderbilt's in Tennessee, so obviously it's not a huge travel for Middle Tennessee. But they just have so much talent on that offense. Vanderbilt lost a little bit on defense. And um, I know we mentioned Ralph Webb in the uh, SEC preview, how he's kind of an underrated back. I know you like him. But I think if this game kind of goes to not a shootout, each defense will be able to get a couple stops. But um, I think, you know, Middle Tennessee has a much better offense. Vanderbilt's defense, like I said, loses a little bit. So I'm going to take Middle Tennessee plus three and a half. I like that. Um, I'm going to go kind of sprung this on me, admittedly. But uh, looking over the games real quick, one caught my eye. Um, I'm going to keep riding the Colorado State train here. Uh, The Rams go to Colorado. Uh, It's a night game on September 1st, which is, when is that, Friday? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Friday night, 8 o'clock game. It's at Colorado. Colorado is currently favored by 6. The line has moved down from an opening of 8. So Colorado State's offensive uh, explosion last week is influencing betters a little bit. Um, Colorado was 10-4 and last season, real strong year. Um, but much like West Virginia, they also only returned three starters on defense, and we saw the Colorado State offense. They were clicking in rhythm last week against Oregon State. Um, so I'm going to go Colorado State upending the Buffaloes on the road uh, at plus six. I like that one, too. I think that's a good pick. I think Colorado's kind of uh, maybe a one-hit wonder from last year. I don't think they're going to be able to carry it over to this year. Um, so that'll do it for this show. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. We finally got some actual games to talk about for you. And we had you know a full slate to preview for this week. So we'll be back previewing you know the same games we just touched on today. And uh, be back for a bunch more exciting games in Week 2. Week 2 is a pretty solid week, so... Happy football to you guys, and uh, glad to be back talking actual games. Yeah, and just a quick sh- uh, quick shameless plug here. Um, I'm going to be coming out with a uh, college football slanted article series on Rotoviz starting probably this coming Friday. Um, it'll have a dynasty, obviously, slant with Debbie thrown in, um, prospects from all classes across the, across the spectrum, and just a kind of keep everyone uh, up to date with what's going on as far as 2018, 2019, and even 2020 classes. So just be on the lookout for that. Um, yeah, and uh, like like Kyle said, football's here. We can all be happy about that and uh, look forward to what's up coming up ahead. Yeah, if you're not reading that, you're doing yourself a disservice. Jordan really knows what he's talking about, as you probably know from listening to the show. So if you listen to the show, you definitely take, you know, five ten minutes and read that read that series every week um Thanks, man. so for jordan jordan's on twitter at j hoover 9787 and i'm kyle again on twitter at kyle pollock ff uh thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you guys next week later guys thank you for listening to the college football show a road of his radio podcast our executive producer is matthew friedman please rate and review the road of his radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app Contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at rotavizradio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotaviz at a 30% discount through the Rotaviz Radio homepage, rotaviz.com slash podcast.
It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at $15 for adults, $10 for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at $15 for adults, $10 for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. The wait is finally over. Notfest Roadshow is back. October 13th, Jiffy Lube Live. Featuring Slipknot. With Kill Switch Engage, Fever 333, and Code Orange. Tickets on sale now at LiveNation.com. Part of the Metris Warehouse Concert Series. 